everybody, and welcome to this episode of Learning the Tropes. Today, I am joined by author Danielle Jackson. Danielle's second uh, romance novel, Accidentally in Love, comes out August 8th. And we're just going to jump right into it. Hi, Danielle. Thanks so much for joining me. (laughs) Hi, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. I have to tell you, I've been a fan of learning the tropes, I think, since almost the very beginning. So I am like beyond excited to be on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks so much for reaching out. And I always love, especially when, when listeners reach out to to be on the podcast especially yeah. when they have books or something it's always so much fun and thanks so much for for listening yes of course um, yeah so accidentally in love uh follows the accidental pinup and yes the, these are your first two books which i said before we started recording like i can't believe that these are your first two books <laughs> um i don't know they just felt really so much more like lived in and seasoned and obviously um it, it feels like normally it takes an author a few books to kind of get to that stage. So I yeah. really, really enjoyed reading um, Accidentally in Love. But how early into the accidental pinup did you know that Sam and yeah. Russ are coming next? Um, Pretty much from the start. Uh, as soon as they kind of showed up and she, Sam, showed up as this very grumpy but like kind of like grumpy, grumpy character with a heart of gold. You know, she's very loyal to her friends. She is, you know, she'll do whatever she has to to get a good like get a or do a job well. And, you know, but she's very, you know, she is very like kind of just on the straight and narrow where she's like she hones in on something and wants to get stuff finished and done. Um, And then Russ ca- came on the scene. He's the brother of the hero in book one and he is very happy-go-lucky even though he's had kind of a difficult upbringing and his life has always been kind of a mess he is the sun shiniest sunshine I think I've (laughs) at least that I came up with that came out of me and um we just had a lot of I had a lot of fun the little bit that they interacted in book one um because she is immediately like bristly and just like why are you looking at me and he's like she's it like from the start so yeah yeah so I knew pretty early on in book one that that is where their story was going to at least kind of start from yeah um and I love Sam and Russ I think that they're also they feel like very unique uh main characters Mm -hmm. Russ being having that kind of like arrested development that I think is so common yeah um that he's kind of like doesn't know what to do and then he's sort of like latched on this idea of of becoming a chef and that's Mm -hmm. he's like I really related to him because I feel like once you do land on the thing that you think you want to do like there is like a a preciousness to it and a not wanting to tell people about it um (laughs) and I just I really loved that about Russ specifically but yeah how did you want Mm -hmm. like come up with him and sort of create him yeah I mean he so he shows up in book one like partway through book one he shows up he comes back to Chicago he's run into some money issues excuse me and he calls his brother and they've had kind of a strained relationship they're about a decade apart so they're in very different places in their life and he comes back to Chicago and is kind of like oh like I could have a support system like I could have this something resembling a a family that found family Mm -hmm. is really a big part of both of my books um this friend group is like 
you know, how I feel about a lot of my friends, like where we are, we're super close. And I wanted to like feel that in both of these books. And so, so yeah, so I, I really love that you kind of grasped onto that, like the idea of like, oh, when something is starting to go right, you're just like, okay, this is the right thing. I'm going to keep doing it. So this opportunity for him to go to culinary school is like the first thing that he really feels like he's doing correctly. And mm-hmm. he he wants to see it through, not just for himself, but also to kind of prove to like his brother who has supported him in more ways than he really realized until he showed up in book one. But then also even like kind of like proving to his negligent parents that, you know, he can make something of himself as well. So, yeah, the idea of him moving forward with with you know, doing something that could make him successful or feel successful is, is a really important, I think, arc to his story. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I loved Sam Mm -hmm. so much as well. Um, I just, I think that like, uh, surly women are so underrepresented in this genre (laughs) and she is, but you're in her mind, you know, that she just, she cares very deeply for the people around her Mm -hmm. and she wants to do a good job. And she's just not somebody who's going to have like a smile plastered on her face necessarily. Um, (laughs) the other thing that I loved about her is her approach on body. She early on, we learned that she is, has a thyroid issue. Mm -hmm. And so, she's a kind of gaining weight and she's not sure how she feels about it. And I wanted to kind of highlight that as well, because I think, and um, I don't know if I'm overstepping or something like, yeah. like this, but I think a lot of times with plus size representation in romance, I'm finding it's either just like, I love my body and it's the best mm-hmm. and everyone else can fuck off. Or it's like just <laughs> hating themselves. And I yeah. think you all know th- what, it feels like to live in a body that's bigger is somewhere in the middle. And I don't think until I read Sam, I had read like somebody who was like, I am confident. I do want to wear what I want. I do feel a little bit self-conscious now. Um, And so how important was that while crafting Sam that she kind of had that uh, relationship to her body? Yeah, no, that was super important to me. Um, So she has an autoimmune disorder called Graves disease, which is basically where your body decides it thinks um, that your thyroid hormone is like a, is is a foreign body that shouldn't be there, so it attacks your thyroid horm- hormone. Uh-huh. Um, and I know about this because I actually I have grave disease, even though oh. I don't have a. So like once you get rid of, you either have your thyroid removed or you take you go through a whole process to make sure it doesn't continue to work. And um, so, yeah, so I have Graves disease, even though now, even though I was hyperthyroid, I'm now hypothyroid because I don't, my thyroid no longer functions. Uh, and that's, that's the only cure for it. Otherwise you're, mm-hmm. but you basically kind of, you can, it can devolve into almost having a heart attack and it can be really bad. It's not quite a heart attack. It's called a thyroid storm. This is getting very much into the weeds. Um, <laughs> But it it was something that I found so profound in my own life. Um, I've always, my weight has always fluctuated, like my entire, probably like Mm -hmm. since I hit puberty and onward, I have gained a lot of weight. I've lost a lot of weight. And it's so it's something that I I knew I was going to talk about in my, or think about in my books. Um, And with Sam, she was, you know, I think I, I, in book one, I described her as like being, like all compact curves. So like she was curvy, but she wasn't necessarily plus size. And so Mm -hmm. she, and she gains weight really rapidly because 
also your thyroid really controls your metabolism. And when you don't have one, your metabolism goes away. Um, so yeah, so she had a lot to grapple with because she is confident. She's surrounded by competent, like body positivity role models in Cassie, who is the heroine of book one, but also um, another side character named Dana, who's a plus size like fashion and fashion influencer and model. And so she knows the importance of like finding confidence within and that it's not about your weight and everything. But I think Cassie in book one and Sam in book two, they both like are confident. Like I've said that like three times, but, um, (laughs) but they also know that they can have bad days where they just don't like how an outfit looks or their hair looks weird. So that ruins everything, you know, or whatever, or, they wore something and they saw like a role they didn't really notice before, you know, like all of, but the, all of those things are supernatural. And the next day they're going to put on the right outfit or whatever it is. And they're going to feel amazing, you know? So, um, I wanted that to be really relatable in that, you know, there are good days and there are bad days. And some, I think annoying myself, but annoying a lot of people in my life, not just women, men too, that just mm-hmm. have to, kind of, I think, evolve in the way they think about their bodies. I mean, I'm I'm an older millennial, and I mean, the 90s did a number, I think, on everyone when it comes to body image, and I think we're going to be, like, grappling with that probably for forever. <laughs> um, and, and hopefully, I think through through, you know, not even just romance novels, but all types of media where you just see, you know, when you walk in Target, you know, they have plus size models, not just in the plus size section, you know, that's awesome. That's really cool. So, so I hope it continues to to evolve. And I hope that the character of Sam can kind of be part of that portrayal as well. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I, it's so hard to explain, I think, if Mm -hmm. people who didn't like younger people who would not to sound like I'm ancient, (laughs) <laughs> I'm so young, it's impossible. But like, <laughs> I grew up in the 90s too. And it's yeah. like, you you don't understand that like, there wasn't, it didn't exist. Like right. there was Cameron Mannheim and she just wore scarves and like, bless her, that was all she could do. <laughs> but like, there was, and then there was no one. Right. And so now, I mean, now it's fantastic and that there are so yes. many different people who just look like, you know, everyday human beings and and like you said representation just in like target or like swim ads and it's not yeah. sort of calling it out anymore mm-hmm. um but i think that that's what makes it hard too i can imagine yeah. growing up with that mentality it doesn't go away now that we're like oh it's okay to be <laughs> yeah to whatever weigh, size you know, yeah three digits or something yeah um <laughs> Which it was not. Right, exactly. Um, like, you know what I mean? And you're just kind of like, uh, yeah. So I, I love that too. It's like, it was the struggle and it wasn't mm-hmm. this sort of like, because I think sometimes with body positivity, which I don't even love that term necessarily, but right. it's like, it's like a psychotically positive where it's like, okay, well, no, nobody feels this way. Right, like, exactly. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So much. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, like you said before, so these are this is your first romance couplet. Is it uh, mm-hmm. is it going to be a series or? Right now, it's just the two books. We will, you know, mm-hmm. we will kind of see what see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what was your journey to romance? I assume you must be yeah. a romance reader as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, big time. Um, I'm definitely one of those people. I used to steal them from my mom. Uh, she always had them in the house. I mean, my mom reads everything she was a nurse so there was everything from like medical journals to like 
her book club books to romance novels. They were just always, there were always books in our house, which was an amazing way to grow up. Uh, and so, yeah, I started like stealing her romance novels when I was super young. I was like nine or 10, like, honestly, like just reading them, had no idea what was going on. And then, you know, a couple of years in, you kind of start to understand what's happening in romance novels and you want to, and then it's fun, you know? And then, mm-hmm. uh, my first job out of college, I worked for source books. I was a publicist. I was the first, actually the first publicist for source books, Casablanca, their romance imprint. And I, once I entered the romance space that way too, I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing, you know, in some capacity. And, and eventually I kind of, I had, I became a mom and I was a stay at home mom for a while. And then I kind of had this time when my daughter started going to like preschool and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I started working for Fresh Fiction, uh, which is a book review website. And, and then I started, I got kind of the itch. I've always been a writer. I've always written things, but then I was like, you know, I have this idea a romance novel and and I started writing it and and here we are the rest is history (laughs) so uh, you know obviously you'd been reading romance basically Mm -hmm. your whole life and sort of other than so was it just sort of you had the time and it kind of floated into your mind had you done this before or sort of were you nervous taking on writing your first romance novel after I'm reading it for so many years? Um, that's an, that's a good question. I don't know that I was nervous. Um, I do think though, I knew more about the publishing process than the average debut author. So Mm -hmm. I, I feel like if I, I, if I hadn't worked in publishing and I kind of like know how the sausage is made and and things like that. I don't know that I would have. I think I probably would have written earlier. Like when I kind of knew the process and I knew how hard it was and, you know, and I'm a black woman. So I knew how hard it was for authors of color to kind of get their foot in the door and to be held to the same standards as, uh, or, you know, held to higher standards really than, than white authors in some aspects. Um, I was really hesitant to kind of sit down and really write. I've had the idea for particularly the accidental pinup had been brewing in my mind for a very long time. And I would kind of write a little bit here and there, but then, yeah, like it was, it was nano nano Rimo national novel writing month of 2019. And I just was like, for whatever reason, I was like, this is the year I'm going to do it. And, and I did it. And that's the one and only time I've ever completed nano national novel writing month where you write 50,000 words in one month. Um, mm-hmm. And I have tried to do it since then and have not (laughs) succeeded in that many words in one, you know, in that, in those four weeks. But yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of it had to do with time. You know, I did, I did have more time on my hands and, and I, I remember talking to my husband about it and just saying, you know, this is something I really want to like focus on. And so when you get home, you are in charge (laughs) and I'm going to go up to the office and close the door and right. And, and he was really, he was really supportive of that too. And, and I, you know, and, and, and it was fun. I was, ha- I was like having the time of my life just writing. I was having such a great time. So I was like, okay, no, this is gonna, I need this to stick. I need this to be a thing that I can do continue to do. Yeah. Um, and so you mentioned sort of the 50,000 words in one month, yeah. which just feel impossible. What is yeah. your sort of, um, <laughs> What is your like process now or like ritual around writing if you do have one? I do a little bit. I usually aim like if I am like really in the drafting process, I try to write roughly 10,000 words a week. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't really, I, I try not to put too strict of like a writing schedule on myself because I feel like that can kind of hinder creativity, for, at least for me. Um, but I, I should say I'm a plotter. Like I plot my books so much, like to the point where I have to like remind myself that I'm going to write a book, not just an outline. <laughs> uh, so, so my drafting is actually really, I draft really quick and then I take my time revising and I usually have to, I add a lot. Like I kind of try to get the basic story down and then I go back in and I add stuff. Um, but yeah, so that really, yeah, during like kind of an active dry or drafting, sorry, drafting kind of time, my goal is 10,000 words a week, but you know, I'm not too hard on myself when I don't necessarily hit that goal. <laughs> do you do, do you, I, I'm always just so fascinated about people's like writing, like mm-hmm. how, how, the, how do you do it? Yeah. But like, is it the sort of thing that you, uh, cause I talked to Tessa Bailey earlier and she said mm-hmm. that like she wakes up at 5 a.m. And she sits down and she writes 3000 words. And if that takes her till six o'clock, if it takes yeah. her till 10 a.m., like that's what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Sort of, you know, you also having a weekly goal, a yeah. work goal, do you sort of, is, is it similar to that where you're like, ass and see until I see 2000 words or um, are you more like, yeah, wishy? it's like a little, it's a little bit like that. I, I do find that I write. I write more in like during the day, like kind of in the morning hours. Um, But I also, you know, if I if I think of something, you know, kind of, oh, that makes sense. Like this could work. Like I I will just kind of, you know, in the middle of dinner, be like, excuse me. And I'll just run up (laughs) to my office and do it, you know, Um, (laughs) or or on my phone because I, you know, I kind of I have it all in the cloud so I can access Mm. it anywhere. Um, But yeah, no, it's it's not quite as strict. I mean, but Tessa Bailey writes like a million books. So I am not surprised. Uh, Maybe I should take notes. Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) but she, you know, I think, um, yeah, I try not because it is a creative endeavor, but it has also become a job like I do want it to be like kind of a daily practice, but I also don't want to like stifle my creativity, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I kind of I just I do try to write every day. Like I'm definitely one of those people where even if it's just a few sentences or it's five pages or whatever, I do try to do something every day. Yeah, it's just interesting because I, I mm-hmm. feel like they're everybody has their own yeah. their own way that they have kind of find their way towards something. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything that surprised you about writing a book? Um, what surprised me about writing the book is like some of my favorite authors describe themselves as pansters. So, you know, so there's the plotters who like kind of outline and they write a lot of times like from beginning to end, which is what I mm-hmm. do. But a lot of them are pansters, which means they they write by the seat of their pants. They just kind of write whatever comes to mind and then they go back and then they like, you know, weave it all together so it becomes a wonderful book. And so I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write the ending and or I'm going to write this middle scene or I'm going to do whatever. And like I was, that was not working for me at all. And I just realized I, I guess I'm very methodical and, and I outline <laughs> and I do and I write from like beginning to end. And it's, and that is my process. So like, kind of like you were saying, like every, everyone is so different. And I mean, there are a million workshops you can attend that like, say like, this is how you write a book and this is the the best way to do it. And, and all of these claims to fame and everything. But I think just as for any writer, anyone who's thinking about writing, you just have to find it on your own. And that can take a while. 
So yeah, yeah. I'm always surprised. I'm shocked by the people who just sit down and are like, I'm just gonna write a book and see what happens, especially yeah. with romance, which is a <laughs> genre that has such a specific ending, you know, yes, and like, obviously, right. we all know how you get to the ending can anything can happen. But it's, it's always so shocking to me that I'm like, but that you guys know how it's going to end. Like you, how, how do yeah. you, how are you just like, well, this will wrap up. <laughs> just like, it's so strange. Yeah, no, I so agree. I'm with you. If I ever wrote a romance novel, I would have like seven outlines first. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. Would you, do you think you'll ever write one? You're so, like, you know, the genre so well. I think that that's the problem is that I know it so well and I yeah. have such reverence for it and such yeah. reverence for the writers that I'm like, I don't I I'm like I don't think I could I don't know yeah. I, I I I would need to first get out of my own way which like lord knows <laughs> if that'll ever happen yeah. I mean I would I mean I would love to but I think I don't know yeah oh yeah. well I'll be there and whenever you have your first signing I'll be there and I'll get my book signed <laughs> thank you <laughs> um you'll maybe wait a long time but we'll see. um so your book, so yeah, Accidentally in Love isn't like, I wouldn't call it like especially tropey. I mean, it definitely yeah. has like grumpy sunshine mm -hmm. and they're not enemies to lovers. No. It's like a persistent hero, maybe. But <laughs> um, <laughs> what are your, do, do you love tropes? Like, are there specific tropes that you, when you see it, you're like, okay, snatch in the book? Yeah, I love, I love, I mean, I know grumpy sunshine is more just kind of like, I think character descriptors, but I, I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it can't, it can make for some interesting pairings. So yeah, I love grumpy sunshine. I love friends to lovers because they're so emotional. <laughs> Usually, you know, there's, there's like some reason they're no longer friends or there's some reason that they are friends and they can't be together romantically mm -hmm. or anything like that um I mean I'm not like super like I'm not super specific in that but those are like the kind of the two that come to mind I think I also love enemies to lovers it's like so then it turns into I like think about what I've been reading and I'm just like well that's enemies to lovers and this is you know whatever you know so I don't think I have like a specific trope but yeah those are like the ones that I kind of I do if I see it in a description I kind of like gravitate towards yeah I have such a hard time with friends to lovers because I'm always just like, you you know, you already like each other. Just, just yeah. do this. <laughs> That's like, funny. Yeah. yeah. But then there's always the book with the trope that you don't like that you yes. love. Because there is, like, obviously, there's always the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> romance authors are magic and they can make you fall in love with anything. For sure. Yes. <laughs> do you have a, kind of a least favorite trope? And is there a book? has your least favorite trope that you still love I I mean I think the first one I always think of is secret baby that's a lot mm -hmm. of people a lot of those come up and I'm I can't think of the specific title but I will say the one author there are two authors who I trust to write secret baby and it's Naima Simone and Reese Ryan who both wrote or write for Harlequin Desire mm -hmm. and there's generally that's where you see I think secret baby pop up the most is in like those kind of harlequin or category romances and they have both written I think secret baby more than once and I'm like well okay well I love your books and I love this book now um and I'm gonna I'm gonna like try real fast to see if I can because there's this one Naima Simone book 
oh gosh, what is it called? Uh, oh, it's she called- really is the best. Yeah, I, it's, yeah, I can't. It's back in the Texans' bed by Naima mm-hmm. Simone, and it's like secret. It is secret, baby, because the guy doesn't know about it. But even the woman comes back, and she has this kid, and she has to be like, "Okay, well, I'm back in town, and guess what? I left because I had your baby, um, for reasons, of course, romance reasons, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Always, and yeah, always. that one, that one is like one of my favorites. But again, it is Naima. Like, what you know, she can do no wrong. I think in my book, so. <laughs> yeah. And scoring off the field where that's like a an employee employer mm-hmm. friends ish to lovers. And yeah. yeah. And it's so good. No, exactly. I trust her to do anything. Yes. <laughs> um so part of the podcast now, well, we started with a romance version and now I have like multiple versions yeah. coming on. Yeah. It, is there a, a book that you re- always recommend when you mm-hmm. have friends who are like, oh, I'm interested in reading romance? Yeah, I usually, there are a couple. The first one that I recommend is Tempest by Beverly Jenkins. It is just, it's like, a, it's a historical American West historical with two black main characters. And it's a mail order bride romance where, you know, she leaves her her life and she answers a newspaper advert advertisement asking for a wife and moves out west and she uh actually she like the carriage she's in gets overrun by carriage robbers and Mm. she shoots a man and it turns out that that was her husband to be who was coming to help save the carriage but she she thinks that he's one of the robbers and she shoots him and I mean, you know, you do what you do out in the old west, right? So, so yeah, so that is, and that one is just really fun and kind of the way that they learn about each other because they are literal strangers, but they get married and, and it's really one of my absolute favorite books. Another, she marries the guy she shoots? Yeah, she marries him oh, because that was, say that, that she fell in love with one of the, like the robbers. No, yeah, no, no, no. Cause he, he was like. I don't know how I can't remember. I haven't read it. I it is when I reread, but I haven't reread it in a couple of years. And I'm just like, I can't remember how he finds out. Like he comes and he's like trying to save it. But in the the commotion, she's like, I know what to do. I know how to shoot a gun. Like I'm gonna save this carriage. And she shoots him. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty, it's it's a great start to a really just like it's like it, it eventually becomes like just like really intimate because they have to get to know each other so quickly mm-hmm. and they they both have their own reasons for wanting to make this marriage work and and yeah it's really i i love that book like with my whole heart oh, i'm trying to think of what's another another one because of course you asked this question and now i'm like what are books i've never read exactly. them before have um, i ever read a romance novel yeah, have i ever I read a book no. in my entire life um you know another I, oh go yeah. ahead yeah no, I was just going to say, I need to check out Tempest. Obviously, I love uh, Beverly Jenkins, and we've done her for the podcast a few times, but I yeah. love a Western. Me so too. I, I have to go back. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, I'm like blanking on the contemporaries because the other, I think, historical that I like to recommend is Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase. I think that is just such a well written book whether it's romance or not and it's just it's so intriguing and the two those two characters are just so 
great because they kind of clash, but then they also, you can tell they're like attracted to one another and it's just, it's, it's really lovely and fun and sexy, which, you know, is what we're all here for a little bit, right? <laughs> That's the whole point. A hundred percent. I mean, Lord of Scoundrels yeah. is like the gold standard, I think. For it's, sure. It's so perfect. And if you haven't read it as a romance reader, like get on yeah. it. Yeah, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man, I had a question. It just fell out of my head. Okay. <laughs> we'll move on to something yeah. else. It'll come to me. Of course. Um, uh, oh, so sort of to go back to accidentally in love. So it all yeah. takes place in Chicago mm-hmm. around sort of a burlesque studio. What made you want to set it there? I mean, it's a naturally like pretty sexy location, yeah. but, um, yeah, have you ever do you have any experience with burlesque <laughs> or anything? Are you No, I'm just a fan. Um yeah. yeah, so it's set at a boudoir photography studio, but Sam yeah. is also like an amateur burlesque dancer and or she was kind of before as her body is changing, she's kind of relearning how to get comfortable with her body and she mm-hmm. has to figure out what that means and so she has for the time stopped dancing burlesque. Um, but yeah, no, I have not danced burlesque. I will say so bef- well before I wrote this book, I went on a bat- I went to a bachelorette party like set in the neighborhood of River North, which is where my book takes place, which is a really lovely, fun, just great neighborhood in Chicago. And um, we went to a bar and they had like a secret bar downstairs that you had you had to know a password to get in and um, and then it, and it was like a, it was like a speakeasy and, and they had burlesque and they had like really great drinks and like, it was like a separate bar with a special menu. Um, and it was like, after we did that, we were like, I was like, oh, this would be the perfect location for this book I've been thinking about. And then, so once I kind of had that location as well, so all of the restaurants and bars and like kind of locations that I mention in both of my books, they are real. Some of them I've changed their names. Some of them I've kind of like fiddled with where exactly they are in the neighborhood. Um, Like real Chicagoans are probably like, that is not where that Whole Foods is. That's a different, (laughs) that's not where that is. But, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so, um, yeah, but the world of burlesque, I just, I love, what I love about burlesque is that people are just like expressing themselves and having the time of their lives. I think what I like about burlesque is that there's always like a joke kind of to it. Like it's always a little bit funny um, mm-hmm. or there, it, whether it's a visual gag or it's just like how they take their clothes off and, you know, they don't necessarily reveal everything until the very last second, you know, or whatever it is. And, and like enticing the audience to get more and more excited about it is really the point. And, and I just think that's so cool and so fun. So I knew I wanted, you know, her Sam to kind of have that experience in dancing in that way. But, you know, in real life, she is kind of more, she's a little like she's quieter and, you know, and she's definitely more observational in, in what she does and how she moves through life. Yeah. And then having them, sorry, at a boudoir studio. Yeah. I, I don't know why I called it burlesque, but oh, yeah, no, it's sort of what made you decide, yeah, that that would be kind of their. Yeah. Um, it was because probably because 
because really the question what you want to ask is if I've ever done a boudoir photography shoot and oh, I have, have you ever done no <laughs> I haven't and that's why because I would never in a million years do it so um so I was like here's some people who will or who will yeah. help people do that and and I think you know I know a ton of people who have done it and they say it's like the best experience so I'm never gonna never gonna say never but as of right now I have not done a boudoir photo shoot <laughs> My friend did it at for herself as a 40th birthday present. Oh, fun. Ooh, that's a good like, idea. Yeah. She was okay. like, listen, I love the way that I look right now and it probably won't always be this way. And so like, let's do it. That's <laughs> fabulous. I love it. I'm obsessed with that. See, I will be 40 soon. Maybe I will. Not this year, but maybe that maybe that's what I'll like put on my little list of things to do when I'm 40 or something. I mean, you've danced around it. And at this stage, it could be almost be a tax write-off. You'd be like, I'm researching. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, my gosh. How funny. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so you're, obviously, your first books are both contemporary. Is there another genre that you could see yourself writing in? Um, you know, I'm dabbling in kind of writing, I think what it would probably be called, which I don't love, but it's like women's fiction, but like with magical realism. So like, there are just elements. I'm of, listening. Yeah, of like the supernatural, you know, where they, mm -hmm. it really isn't like a really complex fantasy world, but you know, just magical ish things happen. And so I've been working on that. I just sent it off to my agent. So I'm waiting on her feedback and stuff like that. So we will see. But yeah, I, I mean, I had a blast writing it. Um, it was kind of set in a small town and, you know, just, just stuff like that. So yeah, I think like kind of magical realism, or I guess you could call it like contemporary fiction, although I don't love that term. I don't know. I don't know what people call genres anymore, you know, like our subgenres yeah. or everything. But yeah, so I think, but I think there will always be like a romantic storyline in whatever I write, whether it's like, you know, tried and true romance, or if it is kind of more just general fiction, but with a with a romantic storyline to it, where they end up together, because I think there are a lot of books, like in women's fiction, especially like they'll you think they're gonna be together forever. And then they break up and you're just like, what is or someone dies and you're just like, no, that's not that's not what I'm here for. Um, but that's the romance reader in me. <laughs> and also, I just feel like it's so much harder to do. And I, it's the thing that drives me crazy about people who don't like if you don't want to read romance, it's fine. Like I don't right. read fantasy or something like read yeah. whatever genre you want to read. <laughs> when people sort of treat it like, well, if somebody dies, then it's serious fiction. But if two people live and are happy, then it's fantasy. Oh and I'm like, gosh. what? No, most people live. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. Oh, my gosh. It drives me crazy. Yes, and I'm like, it's not hard to kill somebody. Um, <laughs> I mean, in life, yes. Yeah. But in a character, it's like, you're like, yeah, and then he gets hit by a bus. And aren't we all sad? It's like, yes. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Um, I find that, too. Like, yeah, I've never written a romance novel, but mm -hmm. it's sort of all of my writing. I'm like... There does end up being kissing. There's yeah. always like this little couple over here that are kind oh, of yeah. doing something. Totally. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, what as we kind of like come towards the end, sadly, yeah. but what have you read lately that you love? Romance or not romance? Is there anything that you're really Yeah, thinking? I've got a few. Okay. So in my book club, which does read romance, but we, we read kind of everything. Um, and we're a little late to the game on this, but we just read lessons in chemistry, um, mm. which was like the book of the year, I think everywhere 
last year. Let me look up real quick. Uh, Bonnie, Bonnie Garmus is the author. And it's set in the six, like the late, either the late fifties or early sixties. And it's about a woman in chemistry who wants to be a chemist and, and kind of the fight she has to go through to kind of be taken seriously in her field. It's a, there's a lot more to it. It's, I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. There were, there were like some early scenes where I was like, whoa, this is a little more like hard hitting than I thought it was going to be. But then like it all makes sense in the end and kind of things come full circle. And and it, mm-hmm. it, it was really, it was a really fun book. It was a great book club book. It was a great discussion book. Um, I just read an early, I have two books. I'm going to be that author that's going to talk about books that aren't out yet. Uh, but they were really good. And I want people to know about them. Uh, the first is I just finished In Charm's Way by Lana Harper. It's a witchy romance um, that I think was just, it was a lot of fun and it's a little more, it's not quite darker, but it's a little more serious, I think, than the earlier, there are three books before this. And, and yeah, it was really fun. It's a sapphic romance and there's like kind of a very bookish witch who, for reasons that happened in the third book, can't, she can't like recall spells as well. And she's kind of losing parts of her memory and this like fae that you know she did not know her fairy but a fae that came comes comes to this magical town and is like knows all the stuff about her and she's trying to figure out like why and magical things are happening so i just i love i love like the influx of witchy books and they've been a lot of fun so um it is kind of funny reading one in like the middle of summer because i think of it as halloween but yeah i really enjoyed that one and then another book that comes out in september is the is angelina m lopez's next contemporary romance which is called full moon over freedom this is connected to after last summer's i think kind of like a a book that got a lot of recognition but i still think felt like kind of flew under the radar but um which was after hours on milago street and it's about this Mm -hmm. mexican-american family um there are three sisters so this is the second sister um and they live in kind of rural kansas and you you learn a lot about like the history of like Mexican immigrants coming and moving to Kansas and like building the railroad and like making these thriving towns and then how they were oppressed and suppressed and, and how that has affected them even to this day. Like, you know, I think it's just, it's such an excellent series and Angelina's books are so hot like from the start (laughs) Um, in both of these books. I remember House of Malagoshi. Oh my gosh. Begins with the bang. (laughs) <laughs> literally begins with a bang like chapter one uh yeah. and this one is pretty close to that as well so yeah and it's it's a lot of fun this one's it's a second chance romance and and yeah there are lots of angsty feelings and things people have to overcome but it's it's such it's it was just an absolute joy to read those all sound amazing i didn't realize she had a second book coming out now yeah. <laughs> i yeah, have to get my hands on that one definitely <laughs> Yeah. And then, yeah, the, the proprietor of the witchy books I'm obsessed with. And I think more and more. Yeah. yeah love it. Why not? <laughs> All year round. Yes. Are you a practical magic fan? That movie the big, or the biggest? I remember yeah. listening to your episode where they, you know, your, your compatriots did not understand. And I was like screaming at my, my phone. I was like, what are you talking about? Such a good movie. Leave us alone. Let us love this movie. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I guess you just have to be a woman to love practical magic because every woman I know is like yes it's perfection it's the best and then movie. after I watch it with them I was like I don't understand what you're not what you're not seeing 
because it's perfect. Maybe they need to watch it again. Like they watched it the first yeah. time and now they need to watch it and it can be just fun. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like for the podcast. <laughs> no, exactly. Or I'm like, or you should watch it as a 13 year old girl because that's really what yeah. it clicks. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, I love it. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for more. I hope, you know, there are always those rumors that there's going to be another one. And I mean, I feel like they're just people as wishful thinking, but. That would be amazing if there was. I would love it. I would love it if it was a female director because I yes. think that that's something that's mm-hmm. necessary. But yeah, because she has all the prequel books now. Yeah, so. exactly. Mm. There's space, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of books, actually, if you want to. Is there a book other than your own, obviously, that you mm-hmm. would love to see adapted or that you're like, why hasn't Ooh, it happened yet? Like top of mind, because I just started. Here we go again. I just started Knockout by Sarah McLean, And I just love this, the Hell's Bells series. Like I could yes. see that as a TV series. Like it just could be absolutely stunning. It would just be it would be so much fun. And sexy and beautiful and and just yeah I think and most but above all like fun because those books are just yeah. so much fun. Second that I mean <laughs> there's so many in this in the McLean universe that I I yeah. think any but I think especially those books I agree because they're also so vibrant and so yeah. alive and the characters feel so real and like you said it's like fun I feel like mm-hmm. so many romance adaptations are so serious right. and it's like they are you can just have fun with it too yeah oh um, another one yeah. sorry another one would be like Alyssa Cole's reluctant Royals series because those again mm. they're super fun and I think they they hit at like the right time but I think it's like they they would be a great adaptation I think that'd be fun too yeah, that would be amazing. Because also it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, not only obviously like, characters that are, are represented as well as mm-hmm. they should be, but it's like locations and like where yeah. you would go would be so unique. So much yeah. fun to see. Super so fun. you picked um, amazing ones. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a listener, I'm sure you know my last question, which is what has you swooning? Oh, that's a great question. Sorry, there's like a fly in my office, which I'm very no. annoyed about. What has me swooning? Um, you know what's what this is gonna be like really random. But sure. I just watched, I I don't know why. I was like on Netflix trying to find something to watch, and I realized I had not watched like the last two seasons of Queer Eye. And so oh. I just watched the last t- season six and seven and they're just delightful. <laughs> like, there's no other way to put it. I just, I had the best time and it's such an easy, it's like something you can like kind of turn on. It follows a format and you just, you know, you know, and, and, and yeah, they're just, it's super fun. I, I enjoyed it immensely. So yeah, very random, like, but that is what I've, I've been watching lately. So yeah. <laughs> it's poor Bobby doing an entire house and Karamo's like have you ever thought about talking to people <laughs> it just doesn't seem fair and Anthony is always just like let's make a salsa and it's just like that's yeah. all he teaches people to do but it's fine it works it, it makes He's them doing all it. happy it's always very small especially yeah. when it's like people who are good cooks and they're like sure you teach me I guess <laughs> yeah but I love them all so much they're me so too. good they're so fun Amazing. So obviously the 
right now, everybody can buy the accidental pinup. Yes. Which you should in preparation for Accidentally in Love, yeah. which is going to be out August 8th. Yes. And I think we'll put this out closer to August 8th. Okay. So, but still Perfect. pre-order. Pre-order is very important, do. as pre-order. we all know. Yeah. Um, and, and I, oh, how, I have a, know. um, I have an, a pre-order campaign going on with either Love Sweet Arrow, which is the romance bookstore outside of Chicago, and another independent bookstore, Anderson's Bookshop. Um, and if you pre-order from them, you will get like a really cool art print and some stickers, and I'll personalize and sign your books as well. Amazing. Yeah. So we'll put links to both of those bookstores in the show notes. So you guys can just awesome. click right on through yeah, um, and get everything special. Um, and how can people find you, figure out what's happening next? Sort yeah. Of? Um, my website is daniellejacksonbooks.com. And I am mostly on Instagram and sort of on Twitter at djacksonbooks. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. It was yeah. so lovely getting to know you and, and getting to read your book, which I did absolutely love. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and to everybody out there until next time, happy reading. 